More and more, we are realizing the true power community has to lift up the human race in so many ways. We started this show to put the spotlight on community organizations, to highlight their contributions, and to share insights on the importance of community. Every week, tune in as our host, Stu Starkey, helps raise awareness around one of the most important aspects in all of our lives. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to Community of Big Hearts. Um, as always, we're highlighting leaders from charities and businesses doing great things in our community. This week, we're here with Dr. Unger, Clinical Director from KidThink. Uh, how are you, uh, Joanne? Uh, I'm Unger. doing really well. Yeah, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, so KidThink, as I understand it, is an organization that works to... Um, work in early uh, intervention and prevention of mental health for kids age 12 and under. Is that correct? That is us, yes. Awesome. Would you mind telling us just a little bit more about what KidThink does and, and some of the things that you're really excited about? Yeah, absolutely. Very happy to. Well, as you may know, we're a relatively new organization. Um, as you mentioned, we work with children 12 and under. We're a nonprofit mental health clinic. And some of the things that we do uh, that I really am excited about is, as you mentioned, we do prevention and early intervention for children 12 years and younger, younger, but also with their families. So I really feel like supporting parents, caregivers, the people around the children is one of the best ways to help kids. So we absolutely provide services to those children, 12 years in age of age and younger, but also to their parents. So that's something that I'm really excited about. So we have things like individual therapy, family therapy, uh, parent coaching, we do some groups, and then we also provide assessments such as psychological and occupational therapy assessments. That's um, really interesting. It, we, we just had on the podcast an organization called Mom to Mom out of Vancouver. And, and they had that same philosophy to, to help the kids, which was their primary focus. Um, they deal with more with uh, single moms. Um, so they, they work um, primarily to support the single moms so the moms can support the kids. And not necessarily yeah, um, focusing on, on the mental health, but focusing on the whole family um, is, is the key to treating the kids. Absolutely. It reminds me of one of the other things that we do that... Uh, really excited about is just providing information um, in the hands of parents and professionals and families about mental wellness and mental health. So, you know, over the pandemic, we were able to offer a large number of webinars for parents and professionals on, on a wide range of topics. And with some grant support, we were able to offer those for free um, on our website. So that was something I was really excited about too. And people can still access those actually. They're still free and on our website. So things like parenting in times of uncertainty. We did one on anxiety and returning back to school um, in the context of a pandemic. We did one on mindfulness. And uh, most recently we did one on stress focusing on educators. So really seeing that it's, it's the whole community around the child um, that you know, is, is worthy of our support and attention to help them have that environment and that context to grow up as healthy as possible. I was going to ask about this later, but 
let's let's segue right into it. So th this this statement, this sentence is uh, so often used right now, um, but now more than ever, um, I imagine your services mm -hmm. are really in demand with how things have changed for families with kids, um, some are certain ages um, going to school from home virtually, um, families, parents losing their jobs. Um, I bet there's a fair bit of demand on your organization. Have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. So we were we worked really hard right at the beginning of March of last year to convert all of our services um, or almost all of our services to a virtual platform to be able to offer continued service to our families that we're working with. And then those webinars, like I mentioned, um, and we saw demand increase, absolutely. So every every month there was more and more referrals as, as the year went on um, and that continues. So certainly, you know, mental health is something um, that we've needed to address for a long time in Manitoba as there's been shortages, there's been waits uh, even before the pandemic. And just like you said, now more than ever, the, the demand is likely going to increase and continue to increase for some time. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons KidThink is here is to try to help answer some of those gaps in services. You know, we're, we're not the magic bullet and we're, we love to collaborate and we work with all the systems that are out there and, and want to do so to try to help come up with some solutions and some unique solutions to the situation that we're in. And certainly we're gonna see the need to do that going forward as we see the effects of of this pandemic continue and roll out even after long after the vaccines have all been given there's going to be um, effects uh, that we will have to deal with in terms of our social mental and relational health how old is your organization when, when was it when was it started yeah we're about two years old so you know there was some some period of time before that where there was a lot of development and and getting things off the ground and getting the foundation going. But we, we had our, our um, we're looking forward to our second AGM uh, in 2020 around March. Okay. And, and do you like, um, give us an idea of what kind of impact in terms of volume that that kid think is delivering in terms of services? Yeah, so you know, I was looking at that in preparation for today, and we're we're just getting our our annual report ready. So we had some of these numbers ready to go. So approximately, well, just over actually, 100 families in 2020 received kind of ongoing individual clinical services from our team, and uh, of those people, of those families, about 30% qualified for our client care subsidy program, so they didn't have to pay. And then 53% of those qualified for our sliding fee scale. Um, and we had uh, over 825 people attend our live webinars and over 300 accessing the, the webinars in replay. So that's kind of, and it like every month is growing. So we were constantly looking at our numbers in terms of our capacity. You know, one of our goals is actually not to have a wait list. And so we're, each month we're looking at what is the capacity of our team and, and when might be the time. The idea is that then we hire um, when their capacity gets close to full so that families, when they call, they can actually get the services when they need them. And that's 
been one of the challenges in Manitoba is, is finding timely access to services. You know, when, when folks are ready to get the help and when they ask for help, you know, it's usually that's when they need it. And, and often folks are being asked to wait, um, you know, and of no fault of the service providers who are working really hard. Um, I know my colleagues in the public health system and in the private system are working extremely hard to get access uh, to families for these services, but there just isn't enough all the time. And so, you know, we, we really wanna work at that. So every month we're looking at our numbers and every month, you know, it, it is increasing. Um, so, you know, on, on the one hand, we're, we're glad people are getting the help that they need. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, it, it's, it's hard that so much help is needed. That's, that's an amazing mission to close that gap for people who have to wait um, a significant amount of time with something that is more of urgent care need. Um, and, and you guys are having yeah. amazing traction for, for a young organization two years in to grow to 100 families and growing is, is really commendable. Yeah, thank you. We were talking just briefly before we started chatting here on air, and you were telling me a little bit about the founding story. I love stories that in the charity space where people see a need and they wanna solve a problem. We hear it all the time in business, but we don't hear it often enough in the charity space. So I would love to hear, um, you, you tell myself a little bit more and, and the listeners about how and why it was started. Yeah, so, so it started a number of years ago with our founder, Carmen Aleshka, needing to access mental health service for a child in her family. And what she found is, is even though she had the means to pay, she was going to be asked to wait for, for quite a number of months in order to get timely services for her child. And so she chose, because she had the ability to do so, to go out of the country to find access for, for assessment and treatment services. And she came upon, in this search, came upon Childline Institute in New York and saw a model of service delivery that she had not uh, seen in Canada. And so, you know, with that passion for want, not wanting others to have to wait for services, she asked to try to, um, well, no, she didn't ask. She started Kid Think and she brought along her, uh, you know, consultants um, and business partners and, and folks on board to develop the model and come up with the three-pronged funding model, which looks at fee-for-service as well as grants, donations, and government funding to be able to fill that gap so that other families um, could have experience of accessing mental health services in a timely way within Manitoba. And, you know, really with that focus as well of being able to provide some services for those families who can't afford to pay for free which over this past year has been um, a passion of our organization. You know, we had some really great funding partners from United Way and the Cambrian Credit Union to help us provide services to families at no cost. And we saw other donors come on board, uh, organizations, you know, small amounts, larger amounts to able to create this into a full client care subsidy program where families who don't have access or don't have means um, can 
access our services, 10 to 13 therapy sessions at families at no cost. So, you know, it started with one person's experience of needing care and it has grown into this organization that works really hard to try to uh, bridge that gap and help families have access to timely mental health treatment in Manitoba. Amazing. Um, so j- just for clarity for the listeners, is KidThink a business for profit or an organization that collects fees, but ends up just providing more services if it ends up being profitable? Yeah, we're a reg- registered charity. We're a nonprofit organization, private. Awesome. So just uh, Carmen saw a need through her own personal experience, create an organization that's going to fill a gap in Manitobans' lives. That's, that's the idea, and it, it's happening. It's uh, it's it's really happening. Dr. Unger, what, what's the biggest challenge that that you're facing at KidThink? Do you mean that families are facing, or our organization is facing? Um, well, let's start with the organization. Sure. Well, you know, I would say one of the biggest um, challenges we're facing is, well, it's an upcoming challenge. So right now we're doing okay. We've got uh, good virtual services. People are working from home. One of the things that we want to do is, you know, in the development of a new organization, one of the needs we have is around space. So we have been able to um, take over a, a floor on in downtown Winnipeg that has some some nice office space, some nice open space, but it wasn't designed as a clinic. And so we do have some private rooms, we're able to see people, but we really need to do is a renovation um, to really provide, you know, once we're back uh, providing more services in person, and that day will come, um, that we're ready to be able to meet that in-person demand in a way that uh, is ideal for families, you know, to have some good group space to be able to, um, you know, have a have really solid soundproofed uh, therapy rooms, some one way mirrors for doing teaching and training, and for parents to be able to watch their children and observe them and learn um, and workshop space. So that is one of the things that that's on our challenge list going forward is is to bring partners on board to be able to create, you know, a real positive, comfortable clinic environment for all of our families. You guys must be incredible operators because uh, a growing organization to have a space as the primary constraint is really incredible. Um, So I imagine uh, donations and um, services in kind given to KidThink will be highly leveraged and um, and well utilized Absolutely. for the services. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Why public service? So you joined on, I assume, around two years ago, um, and you joined um, a non-for-profit rather than um, private industry where you probably could make more. I'd, I'd love to hear your story of choosing KidThink. Yeah, I've been I've been with KidThink. I'm coming up to my one year, so the the team has been working for a while without me, and I came came on board last year. Um, and I actually came from public, so before that, I was five years in the in the public service industry. For me, the move to KidThink and and working in the public sphere is 
is because access to this needed service has been a passion of mine from the beginning to be able to provide families with needed mental health services. And I think the challenge is, 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 is often one around stigma is, you know, people don't always value, you know, their mental health as well as their physical health. So for example, you know, within our health system, people can go to the doctor, they can go to a pediatrician, they can go to a hospital and, and get the services for their physical body and not have to pay. Um, and I think, you know, it, our, our culture, our country, our province really needs to work on valuing mental health in the same kind of way, that this isn't just an extra that people um, get on the side, you know, if they have the means, that our mental health, our mental well-being, our relational well-being, our connection to other people, those are needs. And, and they're really, really important. And so, you know, from, from day one in my training, in my career, it, it always has been a passion is how can I help be part of the solution where everybody can have access to needed mental health services and supports. And so it's always just been dear to my heart um, to be able to do that and be part of that solution. One of uh, your, your first core value for KidThink was to inspire everyone around you um, with your passion for mental health for children. And I can tell you uh, that you're definitely inspiring me um, and, and hopefully our <laughs> listeners as well. Um, thank you for sharing that story and doing what you do in the public space. Um, but I would love to hear any, um, any other stats or um, uh, stories about impact that you've experienced while being at KidThink that will really um, cement that passion for our listeners of, of why they should help and spread the word about KidThink. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to talk about prevention and early intervention then in that context, because one of the things that we've learned from research is that 70% of mental health disorders in adulthood actually started in childhood. And I think what people, you know, what we would love to believe is that our children are growing up happy and healthy and well, and sometimes it's hard to think that some of our children are struggling. And, and sometimes that means maybe we don't see things or we don't catch things, or we just, you know, we just don't know. And so I think, you know, that catching children when they first start to struggle, providing that early intervention when things are just, you know, not quite right, just getting a consult and checking out those things, it is just so much easier to help children and families when, when we're able to work with them when they're young, you know, when their minds are still developing, when habits aren't as entrenched, when the difficulties aren't as severe, we can just be so much more effective because we actually know the things that can help prevent mental health problems in the first place. And part of the challenge is that we don't always reach out for that support. And I mentioned stigma as part of that, right? That it's not, it's not just a given that you go see a psychologist or a counselor or someone 
you can talk to about your feelings and your thoughts and your relationships, you know, that that's seen as, you know, there's something very wrong with you if that happens. And I would love to see a world where we just go and do that because it's, it's normal because we all have mental health. And so, you know, really, if we can help children and their families early on, not only do we, well, we, it does a couple of things when it's easier to help Two, it prevents, uh, it prevents children from going on a trajectory of worsening mental health. We can change their trajectory, you know, and reduce that suffering for the future. Other thing too is, you know, not everyone likes to talk about this in mental health, but it actually really, you know, if we're thinking about dollars and cents, it's much more cost effective mm -hmm. as a society as a whole. If we help children when they're young, rather than having to later on, you know, we will have to provide intensive mental health treatment if, if some children don't get the help that they need. And so, you know, that's another reason why I came over to Kid Think is that, po that passion for early intervention and prevention and to, to be there for children and their families uh, when they need it. And so that's always something that I would encourage people to do is, is not wait. You know, that's something we see a lot, well, well I'll, I'll go see a therapist, I'll go see a psychologist when it's really bad, right? As opposed to, oh, something's not feeling quite right here. You know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to some support and, you know, maybe it's, it's three or four sessions, you know, maybe it's, you know, I just need a little help on the sleep issue or, you know, it looks like we're struggling with some anxiety. Maybe I can get some tips, you know, at KidThink or, or other organizations about how to help my parent, help parent my child when she, they're struggling with anxiety and you know it doesn't have to be you know 20 sessions it can be a little check-in um, if if things aren't aren't severe but if they are you know making sure that we get those get that help that people need I know I have a, a a colleague from an old job she had a great analogy of you know if we had a broken arm and we're walking around with them ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it I'm gonna wait till <laughs> You know, I want to just, uh, it'll get better. You know, uh, I can be tough, you know, I'll, I'll show how tough I, I'll just, I'll just uh, hold it close to my body and I'll, I'll just, I, you know, I don't want people to think I'm weak because, you know, I have to go to the hospital for a broken arm and all of a sudden it starts to fester and blow up big and it just gets worse and worse and worse. At what point do we say, you know, I need to go to the hospital, right? So I think, I think we need to start seeing mental health that way in terms of, you know, something's not quite white. Let's let's have a look at it and, and see if we can't um, help it sooner rather than later. I made a note here um, earlier in our conversation about if anyone's experienced, um, you know, medium anxiety or worse, um, they know why uh, mental health is an urgent need. Um, I've experienced it, and, and but prior to experiencing it, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't mm. know that it, it was something that was urgent. And it was, you know, without feeling that and having context for it, it was really tough. So I, like that conversation is so important, um, much like the conversation about physical health and how it's, it's happening and probably not as much as we need or almost certainly not as much as we need and prevention is much cheaper than, than treatment. Um, and it's, it's great to hear you say that it is cheaper to prevent and to maintain a healthy uh, mental health rather than treating something that's got to the point where it's causing you other issues, uh, mental or physical. Absolutely.
anything else you'd like to share um, about KidThink before I ask you a couple wrap-up questions? Um, you know, this may be for, for this interview or for another time, but uh, May 7th is National Child and Youth Mental Health Day. And not everybody knows about that. And so one of the things KidThink has done is try to increase awareness and, and in that way, you know, help try to reduce stigma. So for two years now, the team has gotten a proclamation uh, from the Manitoba government to recognize May 7th as National Child and Youth Mental Health Day in Manitoba. And so we've often organized events. Last year was more over social media, um, but, you know, and worked with our community partners um, to promote May 7th. It's often in the context, there's usually a mental health week as well. Um, but just, you know, to highlight for people to think about, you know, uh, we have Ballot's Talk Day, which is coming up, which is also a great uh, awareness piece. But May 7th is good for recognizing that children and youth also have mental health. And it's important that we take care of them and support them on their, their journeys as well. Well, we will certainly spread the word um, with our network regarding May 7th uh, day. Uh, awesome. Ryan will make make certain of that uh, now and as the date comes closer. Um, and then we may might be able to also help organize some volunteers for your event if you need as as um, oh our wow companies, we're, we're funding uh, the build of an app called the Community of Big Hearts Volunteer app that seems to um, answer a need in this space. Um, and we, we might wonderful. be able to have you post the event and have businesses get their staff to volunteer for your event that you posted. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Of course. I'm glad to help. La uh, second last question. So um, how can our community and our listeners help KidThink? What's the best ways to, to help you guys grow and have more impact? Well, there's a couple of ways I think that people can get involved and help. One is sharing information about children's mental health whenever you can. We are on social media. So we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So getting involved that way and spreading the word. I would say another way is to, you know, if you have people in your lives who have children and, and know that there's some mental health concerns or, you know, some stressors that, that you let people know about KidThink and encourage each other to get support, even if it's not from KidThink, but just reaching out, you know, there's, there's a lot of us um, in Manitoba who, who are ready to help and support families. Um, so that's another way that you can help each other and help KidThink. And if you have means, you know, to consider donating uh, to KidThink, we are, we are a nonprofit and we really want to be able to continue to sustain providing programming for all of Manitobans. And so if this is something you're able to do, we would greatly support that. We've had some um, lovely uh, projects by young people who've come to know about us and, and do things like even just bake sales. We had uh, a young lady gather her uh, friends who were artists together and they created t-shirts and they did a t-shirt fundraiser for us. Uh, there's been a number of youth and 
sorry, there's been a number of youth in philanthropy groups within schools that have donated. So, you know, youth and, and children are really um, understanding, I think, the next generation of the importance of mental health and they and they have stepped up to do, you know, just just what they can to help to help us. And, and we've been so touched by that. So um, those are ways that that folks can can help us at KidThink. I, um, I, when my daughter hears this podcast, she's going to be begging me to do another lemonade stand and this time donate the proceeds to KidThink. So um, I'm excited to work with her on that when we can be doing <laughs> lemonade stands for the public again. That's right, eh? <laughs> um, Dr. Unger, my last question for you, like, I like to ask a lot of my guests, and this doesn't have to be about KidThink, it can be personally, um, or uh, within what you do for KidThink um, is what's the kindest thing that, that you've experienced or seen? And I'll give you a moment to think about it and, and tell you why I asked this question. Um, and I realized it, it's, I, I heard this asked in another podcast and I stole it from there. But the more I think about it, the more I realize how important it is to talk about this kind of stuff these days with a lot of things happening in politics and the world, um, there's, there's a lot of interests and division and, and through kindness, people come together and I feel it's contagious. So I'd love to hear you kind of spread your experience of kindness. That is a great question. Um, you know, it's kind of funny you ask it. It's actually the thing in my family that I often say is the most important thing is kindness. Um, and it's something I, I try to teach my kids um, and, and model in my life. Um, and I have been, you know, thinking about this, I have been the recipient of a lot of kindness in my life. And I really attribute any um, success or growth or development as being due to the kindness of other people, of people investing in me. And so when I, there's just so many stories of kindness. Um, I can't even, it, it's hard to pick one. Um, but when I think about it, there is a theme that kind of runs through that I thought was, was kind of relevant to our conversation today. And the theme was people showing up. So just like everybody else, I've had hard times in my life um, that have been difficult, that have been stressful and you know, the most meaningful experiences is, and when I've been most touched and, and most helped is when I've asked for help. And it's usually comes in the form of, could you just listen to me for a little while? I need, I need space for someone to uh, just listen to what I'm going through. And people showing up and just making time in their busy lives to just listen. And I, I have a, you know, so I'm wearing my psychologist hat on. So I'll, I'll share a, a professional example. There was a time in my previous job where there was a really tricky, difficult and delicate kind of political situation at work. And I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. Um, and it was hard both in terms of thinking of the dynamics of it, but also for me personally. And so I knew I had this meeting coming up um, with, with where a whole bunch of us would be at. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to cast my net wide. I'm going to ask 
you know, I, there's these four people who work in a similar job that I do. They're colleagues. I really trust their perspective. I also really like them. They're, you know, they're, I also consider them friends. So I emailed all four of them and I said, hey, on such and such a date before our meeting, you know, can we meet for coffee? There's this issue I'd, I'd really like to talk to you about. And I was the last person to show up at the coffee shop. And oh my goodness, I might have to redo this one. <laughs> I was the last person. Happy stories always make me weepy. <laughs> I was the last person to show up at the coffee shop. And all four of them were sitting there waiting. And um, yeah, I was just really touched and amazed. You know, I thought, well, if, if just one of them, right? If just one of them could make it that would be fantastic. And all four of them were sitting there. And I really think that it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an analogy for, I, for life in, in some sense is that we all need each other through the hard times of our life. It doesn't matter who we are. We all need other people. And that's why, you know, this podcast is so great. Um, but the first thing we need to do, and this is, this is often comes up in the work that I do with people that they struggle with. The first step is people need to ask each other for help. We need to ask each other for what we need. And, and I often, am, when I'm working with, with um, usually it's adults <laughs> that I'm working with and, and we're talking about this, you know, one of the most important things is I, I ask people is who are your people? You know, who are there in your life that are support you? And can you ask them to help you in this manner? And oh, I don't wanna ask them. Oh, I don't wanna be a trouble. I don't wanna. And, and I really work at trying to encourage people to recognize that this is, this is how we get through, is first we ask, and then when someone asks up, we show up, right? And, and it's that back and forth of asking for help and showing up for each other that uh, gets us through the hard times of life. And I think you know, I think we're seeing pieces of that now with COVID-19 where people are really showing up for each other. And, and I love those stories of, of resilience and of caring and of giving. And, and some of us are feeling, you know, I know some of us are giving a lot. Um, you know, I think of the, the healthcare workers and how much they're giving. And we, we really need to care for them so that they don't burn out and other people who are working really, really hard. But, you know, that story just, just reminds me of, of the, it's just... It's how we get through. We ask for help and we show up. There's a Sorry, lot that there. was really long. Yeah, no, that, there, there's a lot in there. And thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, what I, what I took from it personally was that those people showed up for you without expecting anything in return. And the more, like Nothing. through my research of doing um, this, this show, I've learned that um, showing up for someone without expecting anything in return is a show actually by definition a show of kindness or love and so um, that was really neat that uh, you explained that and um, I really appreciate your time here today Dr. Unger you guys are doing an amazing thing filling a really important gap that that we need filled so uh, appreciate everything you guys do Thank you so much and thank you for all that you guys are doing in bringing people's attention to all the fabulous organizations um, working hard. It sounds like across Canada. So, so wonderful to, uh, to be part of that, to be part of that community of communities. Thank you so much for joining us on this Community Spotlight. If you're a volunteer or leader who knows of someone or is someone 
contributing in your community. We want to hear from you. Go to communityofbighearts.com and click the nominate tab and let us know who they or you are. We look forward to speaking with you. Thank you again for tuning into the Community of Big Hearts.